It's wonderful to sing the stories of old, especially as we tell the stories of old in worship. It is wonderful to to see you this morning. The date was May the 3rd, the year 1937. The passenger airship Hindenburg left Frankfurt, Germany for Lakehurst Naval Air Station in the United States. It arrived on May the 6th. As it was attempting to dock here in this picture, just moments before, it caught on fire and was destroyed. 35 of the 97 passengers and crew on board were killed. One ground crew member was also killed as well. Herbert Morrison's broadcast of that Hindenburg disaster has gone down in, in, in history, in broadcast history, as retelling and recounting that story as an eyewitness. Listen, if you would, to parts of his report. It's burst into flames. It's burst into flames and it's falling. It's crashing. Watch it. Watch it. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. It's crashing. It's crashing. It's terrible. It's burning and bursting into flames. It's burning and bursting into flames. This is one of the worst catastrophes in the world. It's flames crashing. Oh, oh, the humanity and all the passengers screaming around here. I can't even talk to people. Their friends are out there. And everybody can hardly breathe and talk. And the screaming, lady, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to step inside. I, I don't want to watch this and see this anymore. I'm going to have to stop for a minute because I've lost my voice. This is the worst thing I've ever witnessed. You see, there is something inherent in the human experience that values the worth, the preciousness of human life. And in moments like these that we've just heard, when life is lost tragically, and in moments like we saw in Las Vegas this last week where evil has snatched life away, and there are no words that can express our grief and our horror we are reminded once again the worth and the value and the pricelessness of life. Could it be that the story of creation offers insight and understanding into this understanding of the inherent value and worth of life, worth of human life? If you would, turn with me to the first chapters of Scripture in Genesis 1 and 2 and 3. And we've already read through the portions of passage in chapter 1, but I want to spend just a few minutes going through these stories and then to stop and pause and reflect on events of recent days and issues that I believe our culture and our nation, our world is struggling with in light of this creation story. We begin with this truth. 
There was a time when nothing existed but God. This is a, a fundamental and foundational truth of, of, of the Scriptures of Christian faith is that there was a time before time when the only thing that existed was God. And Genesis 1.1 takes us into that place when it describes and when it proclaims that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In fact, if you look at that, that text in the, in the original language, that word the is not necessarily there. And I love the way that it then reflects when we say it this way. In beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You see, only God could begin something because only God existed. And so in beginning, well, what was it like in the beginning? Well, there was a time before the beginning. And that is when God existed in God alone. And in beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now in Genesis chapter 1, we see the expression and the understanding of God as Elohim. And the word Elohim describes a God who is infinite and all-powerful. And it is this God that is described in Genesis chapter 1. As we read the scripture, listen to the, the power and the might of this God. Who the scripture says, Then God, then Elohim spoke, he said, and it was so. Imagine this God. This God who is so great and so powerful that all God has to do is to speak. And creation comes into being. And when creation was completed and God spoke it into existence, he said, and it was good. Creation is good. The, the world in which God has created is good. And the story of creation reveals this all-powerful, this infinite God. It reveals him as a God of order and a God of beauty. In Genesis chapter 1, we learn that, that like produces like. We learn that man and woman are the high point of creation. And we learn that God rested on the seventh day, not because God was tired, but because God was finished. And because God chose to set aside a day for rest, creating a natural rhythm for you and for me of work and of rest. Yet there's a second account of creation. That story of creation picks up in Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, and it begins like this. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Notice here this word Lord God. What this word Lord God here is introducing us to is the story of Yahweh. And what we learn is this tradition of the same God, the one God who is known to us in the Old Testament in these early days as Elohim and as Yahweh. And so it's the same story, but through different lenses, through a different perspective, Yahweh is the covenant God of the Hebrews. He is the God who in Exodus chapter 3 reveals himself to Moses as the great I am. I am who I am. I was who I was. I will be who I will be. I am Yahweh. Yahweh, the self-existent, eternal God who chose to reveal himself to us through a people, through Abraham 
and through his descendants and established a covenant with us as his people. The Genesis 2 and 3 accounts of creation focus on God's relationship with people. It focuses on man's relationship with creation to nurture, to cultivate, and to name the creatures. The Genesis 2 and 3 account focuses on the relationship between man and woman and the impact of sin on creation and on our relationships. As you can see, we've done just a very quick and brief overview of the creation story. And I would encourage you to, to go back and to study it and to reflect on it because so many of the truths that, that we are foundational to our faith and to our life come out of this creation story. But this morning, I'd like to speak of some of the issues and some of the things related to man and to woman. And so first I want to talk about the, 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 the creation story. The story of creation speaks to the sacredness of life, the sacredness of human life. In Genesis 1, verse 27, the Scripture says that God created humankind in His own image. Now stop and think about that for a moment. You and I are created in the image of God. Well, think about that. You are created in the image of God. There is something about you and about me that reflects the nature and character of God. And every person, born and unborn, is unique in all of creation because they because we are created in God's image. And as such, our lives and all human lives should be honored and valued and respected. Yet, this fallen and sin-infested world struggles with issues of violence, of murder, of war, of racism, and of late, especially of the last days, of mass killings. These are all an affront to the creation proclamation that we are created in the image of God. Our hearts broke and continue to break as this week we again witnessed an attack of evil on life and of the image of God given to each of us. As I watched the reports coming out of Las Vegas this week, I could not help but remember Morrison's words, Oh, the humanity! This is the worst thing I've ever seen. And then I remembered the Holocaust and 9-11 and the Murrah building and Columbine and Sandy Hook and countless other mass killings. These horrific events reflect the power of evil and the trivialization of life characterized by the gratuitous violence and the offensive efforts to justify or explain such killings. 
certainly. We have seen heroic efforts from first responders and others in the midst of, of this evil. Responses that reflect the strength, the courage, and the goodness of the image of God that was placed into us. Placed into us to stand against the evil of our world. As these events unfold, we realize that each of us, regardless of race, regardless of gender, regardless of nationality, regardless of religion, that we are all created in the image of God. The story of creation reminds us of that. Secondly, the story of creation speaks to the sacredness of male and female. Genesis 1.27 says, In the image of God, He created him male and female. He created them. I've come to believe that the image of God is a, is a gift so great that it could not be reflected and revealed in humankind through just one of us. But that God, in the unique creation of man and woman, needed to express His image by creating us male and female. It's tragic that maleness and femaleness are under attack today. Certainly, there are male and female stereotypes that have created confusion, frustration, and reaction against maleness and femaleness. But still, the story of creation calls out to us male and female, God, Yahweh, created us. Church, we must again listen to the story of creation and let us embrace our maleness and our femaleness. Let us commit to walking with each other as we discover how each of us uniquely express this gift of God's image in our lives so carrying this creation story further the creation story speaks to our struggle with sexism you see as we read chapter 2 what we discover is that woman was not created as a subordinate to man rather woman was created as a helper by definition a helper meets the need of someone who cannot help themselves and the scripture is very clear in Psalms 54.4. The Lord God is my helper. And we certainly would not suggest that God is a subordinate to any of us. Thus, the declaration of woman as helper and as coming from the side of man is a beautiful picture of the mutual relationship between male and female. Male and female were created to help and to nurture and to serve each other. Only when sin enters the world, in chapter 3, did this intended relationship unravel with men and women competing against each other to control and manipulate and impress, oppress each other, even in marriage. You see, the story of creation tells a story about maleness and femaleness 
that we must reclaim in our culture today. Thirdly, the story of creation speaks to the sacredness of marriage. Isn't it interesting that the covenant God, Yahweh, here in chapter 2, the covenant God speaks of the covenant of marriage. In verse 24 in chapter 2, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united in one. This is that description of what I'm calling a covenant marriage relationship. Covenant marriage, as described in the creation account, is under attack today from all sides. Abstinence before marriage is mocked. Cohabitation has become a cheap substitute for this marriage covenant. Pornography mocks the sacredness of male and female. Domestic violence mocks the selfless, self-giving nature of two becoming one. And the sacred covenant nature of, man, of, of marriage between a man and a woman has been forsaken for a social contract between two, any two willing partners. Adultery and open marriages mock the sacredness of the one flesh relationship. And as a result, the hardness of heart between husband and wife leads to divorce and broken families. And then we wonder why our families and our communities and our nation and world are in such despair. Church, we must become and be a light to the world. We must embrace the story of creation and its foundational declaration that men and women are created in the image of God. Yet because we have forgotten, life has been cheapened through racism, terrorism, and deadly violence. Because we have forgotten, we have lost our way as male and female, this beautiful gift that separates us and makes us unique in all of creation. Because we have forgotten the stories of old, the story of creation, the marriage covenant is mocked, and our children and our families are in despair. Church, for this reason, we must tell the stories of old. You and I, all of us, are created in the image of God, and that means something. So let us commit ourselves to living out that which God has revealed to us through this beautiful, powerful story of creation. Let's pray.